0: You are listening to Chit Chat with a Therapist, episode number 5.
1: This is Chit Chat with a Therapist, the podcast where clinicians are supported and encouraged to create a private practice that they can be proud of. And now, here is your host, therapist, coach, and future BFF, Melissa De Silva.
0: Hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of Chit Chat with a Therapist. And I am your host Melissa de Silva. And I am so excited because next month my book is finally coming out. You'll be able to pre-order starting November 1st. And if you are a therapist or a healer of some sort who has their own business or wants to start their own business, this is definitely the book for you. It's titled the Profitable Private Practice, how to start, run, and grow your therapy practice. So if you want more information on how to get your copy, make sure you get over to the com, and there you can find out how you can get your copy as well as some other perks, which one of them is being a three-day trip in Puerto Rico with myself and my team where we can coach you and teach you how to create business where you can make money and live the lifestyle that you want to live. So I only have a few spots for those. So if you are really interested in that level, make sure you get over there as soon as possible. November 1st is the day that that all goes live. So I hope to see you all on there getting your copies pre-ordered for the official date of November 20th. That's when everything will be printed out and being sent out from that day on. So, Enough about the the book today we are having an interview with the wonderful the one and only Dr. Stacy Friedman and I love talking about sexology and sex coach and just all that type of stuff because I don't think we talk about it enough in our society just as people and I love it when we have professionals coming on to the show and discussing how they deal with this stuff when it comes into their practice and giving us tips on how we can address it because I know sometimes not all of us are comfortable with dealing with that stuff. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did and maybe take up, like learn a little bit of information about it. So I have to apologize for the sound of the dog chewing behind me. Brutus is very excited that I am recording home today. So please ignore that and enjoy the episode with Dr. Stacy Friedman. Welcome for Tuesday's edition of Chit Chat with a Therapist. Today we're going to be talking with Dr. Stacy Friedman. But before we talk about that, I just want to let you know that there's still some availability on for uh, the Mastermind. So if you are... Uh, interested in growing your private practice this year, make sure you join the mastermind. Only 10 people are allowed to join. It's well worth the investment and actually the investment isn't that much. So jump on that and we are starting this Sunday coming up at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So let's bring on Dr. Stacy. And also if you have any questions about the mastermind, I offer 15 minute free consultation calls. So if that is something that you want to discuss with me before and you decide to sign up, join us. Give me a call. So this is Dr. Stacy. Thank you. I'm glad we got you on today. I'm a little bit
1: close. That's okay.
0: As long as we're not talking to your nostrils, that's all right. Hi. Yeah. I'm here, I made it.
1: Hi, so thank you for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a clinical sexologist, certified sex coach, and I have a doctorate in human sexuality. I have a private practice that I've been in the field of sexuality for about 14 years. My private practice is about two years. I've been working with couples, working on intimacy and trying to spice up their sex lives, focusing more on women's issues and concerns regarding painful sex, post-menopause, how to have sex, trying to get pregnant during pregnancy, post-pregnancy, And, you know, all those things that women have to go through with low libido and hormonal imbalances. And then another focus is working with the LGBT community. I have a passion for working with people who are trying to figure out their sexual orientation, gender identity. And so those are a few of my favorite things to work with. And where are you located I have an office in Lake Worth, Florida, and I do Skype calls as well. So I can work with people all over the world. I have people in all different countries and everything like that just from doing Skype. So I do that and I do phone sessions. So it's very easy to be able to work with me or reach me.
0: So when I think of like a sex therapist, I think of the movie Meet the Fockers. <laughs> Is that the episode? <laughs> when was it? Meryl's like...
1: in?: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, Everyone who sees that, they're like, that's you. that's you. Yes. Do you have one of those big blue wedges in your office space? <laughs> not in my office space. In my bedroom, maybe, but not in my office
1: space. Okay. Office. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has one of those blue <laughs> wedges. <laughs> yeah. Well, the difference between what I do and what, because I'm not an actual therapist. I'm a, I'm a sexologist and a coach. So what I do that's a little bit different is I work with a little bit more of the healthier mindset, people that are not dealing with like depression, anxiety. I mean, they can still have that and still come to me, but I don't sit there and process through any of those abuse and trauma and things like that. So Mm -hmm. as a coach and a sexologist, I'm working more about with the body, the function, trying to connect the mind to their sexuality and working with people just to understand with you know sex education, positive sexuality mm-hmm. uh, there's so many people that just have a very difficult time to connect themselves to their bodies as sexual beings, mm-hmm. whether it be religious reasons, past trauma that they've already processed through, being able to get into relationships after let's say they've been alcohol abuse or drug abuse, and they've gotten through that through therapy, but they're like, okay, well now what do I do?" I'm sober and I've never had sex sober. So how do we connect that difference from when they were always not sober, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So that's a lot of the things that I do compared to what therapy does.
0: Mm -hmm. So one of the concerns that I get a lot in my office being a therapist is a lot of times like antidepressants really kill libido. What is something like that you could recommend that could help with something like that?
1: Oh, that is so common because nowadays everyone's on some type of medication, whether it's antidepressant, whether you have diabetes or high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. I mean, it affects a lot of the female and male dysfunction. Mm -hmm. So first of all, we have to find out what medication they're on because there's many times that the medication they're on is very high in depressing your libido. Mm -hmm. So if it's something that they're able to work with their therapist or their psychiatrist and trying to get a different medication that's one of the first things we try. You know, uh, there's a couple of medications that don't really affect the libido as much like Trintellix or Wellbutrin, things like that. But then there's other ones like Prozac and, and and things like that, that really do affect it. So sometimes that's one of my first recommendations. Also, with low libido, a lot of people, you know, I asked them, "When was the last time you've gotten your hormones checked or blood work? Mm-hmm. And people a lot of times don't, oh, oh, God, it's been years. Well, you need to check to make sure that your estrogen levels are normal, especially if you're in, you know, the mid-30s to mid-40s. You know, your hormones change. You start getting closer to menopause as you get closer to the 50s. So definitely do that first. And what people do a lot of times is they check for, let's say, estrogen and testosterone. And even with the males, when they go in, they get checked for testosterone. But a lot of times they don't get checked for their free testosterone. And there's a difference Mm -hmm. because you could have a certain amount of testosterone in your body. Let's just pick a number. I'm just going to say so it's easy to think of. Let's say 100, 100 testosterone that could be bundled up and not being able to be fully released through the body, which is the free testosterone. So you need to make sure that that testosterone that they have in their body is able to be released, oh. so when you're testing the free testosterone, showing what is actually being used.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah because so, we don't think about like what is that? Yeah, like the the testosterone and the estrogens. Like it's always like, all right, I'm taking Zoloft now. Shop is closed down there, and I exactly. have to deal with
1: that, right? Exactly. And there are also some of those medications which I like. I said you want to make sure you check with your psychiatrist first. But some of them, if you know that you're going to be intimate, let's say that evening, you're able to maybe get off of it for that day and take it later on. Mm -hmm. So that way some people, because they may still have a drive, but orgasm is difficult. A lot of times you can get to a certain point and you just can't get over that edge because of the medication and people Mm -hmm. get frustrated. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you can delay when you can take that medicine, when you know you're going to be intimate and it helps you be able to have that orgasm and enjoy Mm -hmm. your time together Mm -hmm. better. But like I said, definitely want to check with your doctor first to make sure the medication you're on is something you're able to do that with. Mm -hmm. So those are the basic things. I mean, otherwise, it's all about, you know, building desire. So many people, especially in long-term relationships, you know, they go through the day, they don't really talk much and they come home, they have their dinner, they work with their kids, they get into bed and then they're expected to just be able to perform Mm -hmm. and you're not taking the time to build that desire. So especially if you're on medication or whatever. You need to be able to at least give little blips of, you know, flirting or like, I can't wait to see you later or let's go in the bath and take a, sh-, you know, take a shower together or something mm-hmm. to spark it up to get that's, it started.
0: That's a good point. but And society makes us feel like we have to be able to turn it on like a switch, right? Right. Right. How boring is it to watch that on TV, like, flirting throughout the day? (laughs) No, you got to be able to, like, pull
1: those pants down and go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, with men, sometimes it's much easier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, they don't need as much primping and prepping as as women do. Mm -hmm. You know, but they do sometimes as well. So I'm not, you know, saying that they definitely don't. But women especially, you know, they have different stages of arousal. And one of the things that people forget is that, The desire is a part of the arousal stage and you can't get to that desire unless you're finding ways to build it. Mm -hmm. And women usually take at least 20 minutes when they're with a partner to be able to be able to have an orgasm. Holy shit. 20 minutes. That's hard to carve out sometimes. (laughs) I mean, with a toy, you can't compete, but there's nothing that takes place of an actual human being. Mm -hmm. But that being said, With a toy, two minutes, you're done. But with a partner, it needs to build. And for women, it usually takes at least about 15 to 20 minutes. Mm
0: -hmm. So I have this theory. I don't know if you agree, but I feel like toys and vibrators and stuff like that, they put like an age limit on that. Like you can't buy that in a
1: store until you're 18. I feel like that should be accessible. Yes and no. I think it just depends. But I do agree because... There's people that are having sex much earlier. Mm -hmm. 18, I feel, is a little bit older. I Mm -hmm. feel that 16, but, you know, legally they talk about adults being 18. Mm -hmm. So I think that that has a lot to do with where they're doing that, and they feel that toys are only for adults. But in reality, I mean, you say toys are for kids, but these these toys, a lot of times, if these kids that are, I say kids, teens, that are 16 and older – Mm-hmm. I feel that are experimenting with their bodies, they may have a little bit more comfort knowing how their body works and not be so awkward in those early stages. Yeah. And being able to understand that it's okay to be a sexual being, especially as a female, mm-hmm. because the females are usually the ones that use more of the toys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so when you're growing up, people are educated about abstinence and yeah. they're not really educated about positive sexuality. And so, when you have teens at the age of 16 or 17 or 18, learning about sex, it's not about pleasure. It's not about what is the idea of sex besides making babies. The only other reason that a woman has a Mm (laughs) clitoris is for pleasure. Mm -hmm. And the only other reason for sex for men and women is to enjoy. Mm -hmm. So that should be a very important point. And for people expecting that it's going to be easy it's not always that easy, and I think it just leaves a kind of a sour message in some people when you're focusing just on the abstinence and not on mm-hmm. focusing on pleasure.
0: Yeah, because I remember in health class, they always talked about male masturbation. I had no idea that women do it too until I watched the Seinfeld episode uh, <laughs> with the, the, the challenge or whatever it was, and I was like, what? Elaine does that?
1: <laughs> i got to learn from a TV show. (laughs) Right. Well, there's a lot of shame. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of shame behind it. And, you know, I work with, like I said, one of my specialties is working with women and orgasmic dysfunction and women that don't masturbate or don't know, even know how to masturbate. There's women that don't even know where their clitoris is because they're embarrassed to even look at themselves. Mm -hmm. One of the exercises that I use to help people at least be able to explore what they look like is a mirror exercise Mm -hmm. where you actually take a look at what you look like. Yeah. I mean, being a woman is a beautiful thing and you mm-hmm. should be able to appreciate what's down there, not even necessarily for sexual purposes, but for health purposes as well. Yeah. You know, if you're not used to touching that area, you know, you go take a shower and you're like, you know, quickly rubbing all over the place, mm-hmm. take your time and rub a little slower Yeah. <laughs> take your- yeah. and enjoy it a little bit more. or will yeah. be able to, you know, understand what it feels like. So, you know, if something is wrong mm-hmm. and so, you know, what parts feel good because then when you're in a relationship You're able to help your partner understand what kind of touches you like Mm -hmm. because one thing I hear very often is he didn't give me an orgasm or he doesn't know how to do it. He's doing it wrong. Well, why don't you teach him? Mm -hmm. Well, he should know. Why? (laughs) You're not taught how to give a partner an orgasm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I do. I teach people (laughs) how to do (laughs) things like that. But in regular, you know, education, you don't learn these things. And so it's very important for people to be able to communicate with their partners, but they have to learn their bodies first. Mm -hmm. And so once they're able to understand that there's nothing shameful about masturbation and that it is okay for women to experience pleasure and not just to get the guy off or their partner off and be okay with just letting them leave. And what about me? Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with speaking up and saying, Hey, I want some of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you're taught to not say anything. You're taught to just be like, please the man or please your partner. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it should be about mutual experiences, mutual pleasure.
0: So what is a piece of advice you could give to other therapists out there who are working with clients who are struggling in this area? In the masturbation area or just... Or just the sex area altogether, maybe lack of
1: intimacy or anything like what what should a therapist know well I think that so many times you lose focus as what intimacy is mm-hmm. and it's not just intercourse and I'd like to tell people you know you heard that saying it's about the journey and not about the destination mm-hmm. and so if you want to have healthy sexuality and healthy relationships no matter who you're with you need to start with being understanding that it's about the other part about your pleasure as well as the other person's pleasure So if you derive pleasure out of making your partner feel good, then know what makes your partner feel good. Know their love language. Mm -hmm. Know whether they need more affection and more attention or I don't know if you've heard of the love languages book. I have. Yeah. Yeah. So if you learn about what your partner needs to feel loved and do those things, that's what's going to bring you a little bit more to the intimacy part which eventually will bring you more into the bedroom part. I also believe that people don't kiss and hug enough. Yeah. You know, so many times people come in and they're wondering why their love lives suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I asked them, okay, well, when was the last time you gave your partner a hug? It's like, oh, well, we just hugged when we walked into the office. I said, no, not just a little pat on the back. Mm-hmm. But when did you put your arms around that person and hold it for like 15, 20 seconds? Mm-hmm. Smell their skin, mm-hmm. feel their heartbeat, feel the warmth of their body. And I did have, I'm actually getting goosebumps now thinking about it. I had a couple in my office that I said that to and they looked, each other, looked at each other and he leaned over to give her a hug and just put his arms around her and just held her mm-hmm. and took like a, a smell of her hair mm-hmm. and broke down and started bawling. Oh. And then he started crying because he's, they don't remember what they smelled like. They don't remember what they looked like, what they felt like. It's because they're all about oh, she's not having sex. She's not having sex or he's not. All he wants is sex and all he wants is sex. And so Mm -hmm. it's all focused on the actual act rather than the building up to bring you to that act. Mm -hmm. So I always try to tell people when they're coming in for issues about intimacy, Mm -hmm. start from the beginning and work your way to the end. So a
0: therapist who might have a couple in their office might have this issue. So really exploring like where are they intimate outside the bedroom? Are they snuggling on the couch or are they giving right. by kisses? Holding hands. Holding hands, yep, yep. Showing each other that they appreciate each other. So it starts exactly. from there and moving forward. So that's some right. great advice. And, and then what Love Language I, is a great book for probably any therapist to have, correct?
1: Yeah, I think it is very good because it allows people to understand their partner a little bit better, to understand what is their love language. Mm-hmm. Some people are more about, you know, they get so excited they get a gift and they want to go jump in the sack. Other people are like, I don't need gifts. I don't need attention. Just help me clean the house. <laughs> and so they add the acts of service mm-hmm. and doing things like that turns them on. Mm-hmm. You know, for somebody else, it might be all touch. You know, I just want my partner to touch me more. I want my partner to just give me positive affirmation and make me feel like I'm beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that's all it takes is just a little bit more attention, a little bit more of what their love language is mm-hmm. to help them connect. So I work be- a lot with,
0: it could be What's from, that? like, uh, touching to washing the floors. So it's, like, different exactly. strokes for different folks. Just time,
1: quality time, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I work a lot with marriage and family therapists that get to a point where, you know, they come in, they're having marriage difficulties, and they're finally being able to work things out a little bit better. But then once you get to that point, you've been out of the intimacy for so long, how do you get back in there? So a lot of times, once you get to that point where it goes into the bedroom, Mm -hmm. that's when they send them to me (laughs) because they have a healthier relationship together Mm -hmm. and they're able to focus more on their intimacy, their skill building. There's a lot of people that are afraid to tell their partners, well, you're doing this wrong. Mm -hmm. You don't want to tell them they're doing something wrong. You just want to give them ideas on how to do it right. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference in how you communicate. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? You're not going to say, Oh, you keep touching me the wrong way or you keep doing this Mm -hmm. rather than saying that you want to say something like, oh, I love when you touch me on this leg or the right side of my chest or, ooh, that area is really sensitive. Mm-hmm. Focus on, you know, if a guy's going to hear that and you're like, ooh, that area is good, I'm going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It helps them want to please you more. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to hide that. So
0: communication is key. I mean, that's key for most relationships is really communication, but even in the intimate areas too is definitely communication. Great. Definitely. Is there That's any other book you would suggest that therapists probably should read on this uh, topic? Oh, gosh.
1: You know what? Of course, when you ask me, everything goes blank. <laughs> I'm a big fan <laughs> of the ethical slut. That's what I always talk about. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. That is a very good one. I know that for women, since I, like I said, I work a lot with women as well, for people that have orgasmic difficulties or low libido or ways to just, you know, masturbate and just wake themselves up. Betty Dodson, I love her. She's amazing. She's got great books. She's got great videos. And sometimes a book is not going to give you what you need. Yeah. And so a lot of educational videos, not porn, but actual educational videos that you could watch where they actually walk you through the steps on how to do it and how to touch yourself and and what areas to look for. And the videos are beyond helpful for many, many people. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yes. We definitely have to link to those too. Yeah, Betty Dotson be is
0: delay one of my favorites, um, just because, yeah, can you see yeah, me okay? Yeah, that sounds
1: great. So,
0: okay. if, yep, so if anybody wants to get in touch with you or ask you any questions or actually work with you, how can they get a hold of you?
1: My website is drstacy.org, and that's D-R-S-T-A-C-Y, there's no E in my name, so it's drstacy.org, and all my information is on there. I'm also on Facebook under Dr. Stacy Friedman. And I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on all these other things. So it's either Dr. Stacy or Dr. Stacy Friedman. And my phone number in local is 561-899-7669. Awesome. So you can either go to my website, call me, or hook up with me on my Facebook page.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Stacy, for meeting with us today. You shared
1: so much valuable yeah. information. <laughs> Thank you. I look forward to uh, working with you again and having a great conversation next time. Absolutely. And we'll definitely have this
0: as a podcast. And I have another podcast uh, going. So we'll definitely have you on that as well.
1: Awesome. I love to spread positive sexuality. Me too. All right. All right. So we'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: Isn't she a delight? If any of you have any questions about what Dr. Stacey Freeman does or want to know more about her practice, make sure you head over to her website and that is going to be located on the show notes, but it's creatingintimacycoach.com. So find out more information there. And remember, if you are interested in getting your hands on a copy of the Profitable Private Practice, head over to ProfitablePrivatePractice.com and get your pre-order on. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.